third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investment goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor. Statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008 refer to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2011 and uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting MMWKM Advisors, LLC. M Advisors, LLC. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Money Matters. And here's your host, Ken Moray. recession you are not through we don't think <laughs> but uh, you certainly are doing us wrong well hello 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 everybody and welcome back to money matters with ken morafe and of course i am your host ken morafe and this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. We talk about the stock market. For sure, we're going to talk about inflation, the Federal Reserve, Social Security, estate planning, cash flow management. Can you retire or not? All of that we talk about on this show. And we try to have more fun than a human being should be allowed to have when talking about all of this boring financial stuff. And this week is no exception. We have a show full of boring financial stuff in line for you. But before we get going, before we take one step further, let me introduce myself. I am Ken Morafe, the host of Money Matters with Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack. And I am senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. I love it. More than you know, Jack. <laughs> and uh, all of the ideas that we talk about on this show, these are the very same ideas that we talk about with our beloved and most valued clients. And we work with over 6,000 beautiful families across the country. And our goal for you is to have your money last as long as you do. We want you to have financial peace of mind. And also, we wrap that all up. We want you to enjoy your second childhood without parental supervision, which is what we call your retirement. We want you to go play and have fun and enjoy. And to do that, we think you need to be financially secure or at least have a plan to get there. And that's what we're all about. Our website is rpoa.com, retirement plan plannersofamerica.com. And if you go there, you can attend our virtual seminars. You can sign up to visit with one of our retirement planners. You can do all kinds of stuff there. We got lots of content. Our website again is rpoa.com. So let's go over what we're going to talk about on this, our weekly excursion into the land of retirement planning. So we have a big show for you tonight. We do, Ed. You know who that is? That's Ed Sullivan. Does anybody remember that guy? Probably not most of you. Anyway, let's go over <laughs> dating myself, Jack. Let's go over what we're going to talk about this week. So first of all, um, you know, one of the things that I think seems to be happening is that 
investors, the market, is trying to find the silver lining in all of this at every opportunity. And by definition, investors are generally optimistic people, right? When you invest, it's because you think your money is going to grow, and so you're optimistic. But I want to entitle this first segment we'll talk about, which is don't take the Fed seriously at your own peril. Because people are appear, it appears to us, to me, that people are not reading what the Fed is actually saying. Okay, so we'll talk about that in, in our first segment. Also this week, you know, when you are retired or you're planning on your retirement, one of the things that we believe you should be doing is you should be looking at what are the risks to your retirement? What are the things that can derail your plans? What are the things that can cause you to not be able to retire or to have to unretire or to run out of money? All those things we don't want. So we call those risks to your retirement. So this week, I'm going to go over with number three on, your, on, on our list anyway, and that is what we call excess withdrawals. And, you know, in this age of uh, inflation that we're in, that's, uh, that's going to be an easy thing to fall into, which is taking out more than you can afford to take. So I want to go over with you some ideas on, on how to kind of manage against that risk, uh, given the inflationary environment that we're in. But it's always a risk, even when we're not in an inflationary environment. So we'll talk about that. Also this week, as we do every week, we're going to continue in our series of strategies to uh, uh, increase your Social Security benefits or manage through the complexities of that the best way. And uh, this week, we have our 17th uh, strategy session. And uh, so if you guys want to send me your questions about Social Security, uh, my, my email address is ken at rpoa.com. And if you send them to me, I'll endeavor to answer your questions on the air. And I will, you guys make my life easy. So thank you for sending your questions. Now, also, one of the things that we believe, as you, as you guys may know, if you have listened to this show, and many of you have been listening to the show, I know, it's, it's, it's incredible to me. We first went on the air in 1995. And there are actually people that have been following the show since then. I get emails periodically that say, you know, I'm still listening to your show. They got to be 100 years old at this point. I mean, how old are you if you've been listening to the show for all those years? I guess as old as me because I've been doing it that long, right? But anyway, one of the things that we believe is that, you know, growth is important for sure. It's, a, it's an investment principle of ours. Growth is important, absolutely. But protection of principle, in our view, is even more important, okay? Because that's the source of your income during your retirement. So one of the things that uh, – we talk about is bear markets and, and protecting against those. And as you guys know, right now, we are not in the market at all, either in stocks or bonds and haven't been for several months now. We don't think that it's a safe environment yet for people who are retired or retiring soon. And if you are invested, maybe you should talk to us about whether or not you should be, okay? But I want to talk about bear market rallies since we've had a fantastic rally here in the last 30 days. And uh, looking at the past can help it doesn't guarantee the future, but it can help us to learn from the past. And I think uh, there, there's a lot to that. The other thing uh, that we want to talk about with you this week is, and you know what, Jack? Most shows would actually stop right there. You know, most shows would say, hey, if we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. Somebody stop me. No, 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 no. Don't you dare stop me because do we stop right there? Of course we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before and therefore at about 10 tail, we will have our estate tip of the week. And this week is going to be, and by the way, that's the estate planning is the art of passing on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs, the fruits of your labor. 
And uh, so uh, we're going to talk about how to do that. But this week, I want to talk about a strategy that a lot of people use, which is having a joint account with their spouse or their children or something in, just in case. And I, I want to go over with you why that potentially could be a really bad idea and how, how maybe you should do it uh, more properly. Okay, so we'll have that for you at about 10 till. Um, so I want to dive all into all of this, but I want to just say something that's kind of funny. You know, we went to, we, we were, uh, my, my daughter got married. And it was a destination wedding and all of that. So we've been gone for about, uh, you know, two weeks. And I'm, I love what I do. You know, and they always say that if you love your work, you're not really working. And uh, I've been blessed by that. I've, I've never not loved. I, I'm, I'm absolutely completely in love with what I do. And, and it, it, it enthuses me. It energizes me. I love doing this. Love helping you guys have a successful retirement. Uh, and it's funny what you miss when you go on vacation. You know, so I actually missed working. <laughs> which is really the reason why you go on vacation is not to, but anyway, but the other thing that surprised me is that my wife, we have two cats and one dog. Noodle is our dog. And she missed Noodle, our dog, more than she missed the two cats, which is really strange because she loves her cats, I thought. So the first thing she wanted to do, she I can't wait to get home and see Noodle. So that's a, an interesting thing there. Maybe I'm kind of getting her around to my way of thinking. Because dogs are better than cats, and you all know it, even you cat lovers. Anyway, let's, uh, let's go over the uh, don't fight the Fed. Don't take the Fed seriously at your own peril. So first of all, last week, the, uh, the minutes came out. Okay, So this is where the Federal Reserve, you know, they have all their conversations. They make their decision. They have the big announcement as to whether they're going to raise interest rates or not. And then after that, they release the minutes, the, 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 uh, the record of their conversations. And everybody pours through it to see, you know, what did they say to each other and what are they going to do and tries to read the tea leaves of what's going on in all of that. Well, there was a sentence in the whole thing. I don't know how many pages it is. Let's call it, you know, 2,000 words. And in that whole thing, there was one sentence, and that's the only sentence that anybody saw. And it was, at some point, we are not going to raise interest rates anymore. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what they said. So the market goes, there you go. They're not going to raise interest rates. Yes. No, kids. That is not what they said. What they said is, there's going to be a point in the future where we will stop raising interest rates. That point could be three years from now, kids. Chill out. Inflation is still here. So let me go over with you. One of the things that's very interesting, if you look at how they measured inflation in 1981, which is, you know, I've done it on this show. We were comparing, you know, the inflation back then of now and what the Fed did then and now, how the economy and the markets responded to all of that then and now. There is one flaw in all of that, and I'm guilty of it, and I just uh, watched a video where this uh, guy kind of explained it. Inflation is measured differently today than it was in 1981. And the reason why it is is because the government does not want you to think we're in a recession because if you think we're in a recession, you will behave differently. And if you behave differently, then you'll make the recession worse. So they don't want anybody to panic. They want everybody to stay calm. We're not in a recession. Don't worry about it. You know, it's like Winston Churchill said, you know, stay calm and carry on. So that's what they want. They don't want people freaking out and selling everything and, you know, we have this massive dislocation. So they're going to constantly try to convince you that everything is okay. So in 1981, we had this terrible inflation, and one of the big reasons for it was housing. So what did they do? They said, well, we can't use housing as inflation as part of the inflation anymore because it's, it went up so much that it scared the bejeevers out of everybody. So what do we do instead? Let's use rent. Let's use rent as the uh, housing factor, not actually how much it, you, you, your house costs. 
And when they did that, all of a sudden inflation dropped dramatically, and all of a sudden we didn't have this big inflation problem. And we've been measuring it that way ever since because now we measure it using rent and not the house. But if you use the way we measured it in 1981 today, our inflation rate would not be 8.5% or whatever it is right now. It would actually be closer to 12%. So in equal terms, if we measured the way it was in 81, the way they measured it then when we had the inflation, and by the way, the Fed raised interest rates back then to 18% to cover that inflation, and we have more inflation now if you use the, the same measure they had then that we uh, today, we have more inflation now than they did back then. So my question to you is, are you looking for the silver lining or are you reading what the Fed is saying? They're saying we're going to raise interest rates until we kill the inflation beast. And our view is they could very well put us into a recession if we aren't there already. And we could very well see lots of layoffs. The real estate market is looking at hundreds of thousands of people that are going to lose their jobs here over the next few months. It's going to happen. And so are you still invested? Are you still in there uh, exposed with no plan to protect yourself? Well, you know what? Go to our website, rpoa.com. Attend our seminars. They're, they're free for those of you over 50. Visit with one of our retirement planners. Learn about our Invest and Protect strategy, which told us to get out before the big market crash in 2008, told us to get out before the big market crash of the, the pandemic. And, and even this year, we've been out for quite a while now. And learn to protect your retirement from major dislocations. Okay, So go to our website, rpoa.com. All right, we are going to take a break. We're going to come, come back and talk about risk number three to your uh, retirement. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. And we are back. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayf. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morayf. Thank you, Jack. And I am senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. And uh, we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning, which means we work with the most wonderful people in the entire universe. And that is people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon, about to uh, engage in their second childhood without parental supervision, about to have the most fun they've ever had in their entire life, except for maybe when they were in college. And uh, we want to help facilitate that to the extent that we can. Yes. And you know what? We, we serve over 6,000 beautiful, wonderful families across the country. We'd love to help you achieve your retirement dreams. And our website is rpoa.com. And uh, if you go there, you can avail yourself, attend our virtual seminars, visit with one of our retirement planners. We've got lots of content and articles and all kinds of stuff. So our website is rpoa.com. And uh, I want to talk with you uh, in this segment about uh, – Kind of the risks that you that you face during your retirement, and our view of retirement is essentially risk mitigation. It's all about defense. You know, when you're 20, 30, 40, maybe even 50, you know, you're on offense. You're you're working. You got wages. You're adding to your investments. You're adding to your retirement plans, and so you're basically on offense. You got time on your side. Once you are within five years of retirement, and then during that first five years of your retirement. Our view is that you should change your, your view of life. You should become more defensive. You should look more to, towards protecting what you've built because now that's going to be the source of giving you the income that you need. You know, most of, the, most of our clients, Social Security is not enough to do that. So their investments need to supplement Social Security and give them the uh, income they want to sustain their, their lifestyles. And so that money has to now last for the rest of your life. 
There's okay. no doubt about it. There's no doubt. And so we want your money to last as long as you do. And so understanding the risks that you face, that your investments face and all that, that were per- perhaps not as important when you were younger and you were on offense, that suddenly becomes now, in our view, the most important way you should do it. So it's a paradigm shift. And so looking at those risks is important. And one of the biggest risks is that you take out too much money and you drain the tub faster than you're filling it with, with the returns you're getting on your investments. And so that's a huge risk, and, and that's excess withdrawal risk is what we call that. Now, you may have heard the old uh, adage or you know, the, the rule of thumb, if you will, that if you, you should take 4% out of, of your investments. Well, that's, that's just not right. We don't believe that 4% is a uh, – that's a, a rule of thumb basically. But, of course, rule of thumbs means that it doesn't apply to everybody. In fact, it applies to no one. It applies to this mysterious group of people of which there is no such thing as that person, right? They're all different from that. You are. And so here, here is kind of the theory behind you know this 4% thing. Since you know that stocks have historically earned 8% per year, and that's what the average has been you know, for forever, uh, you can assume then that maybe you can just take out 8% every year, right? And you'll just stay even. Well, the problem with that is, look at this year. If you're taking out 8% and your investments are down, I hope not, but let's say your investments are down 15 or 20%, and you're taking 8% on top of that, then now you're taking 28% of your money out in one year, the combination of you and the market and guess what? That's a third of your money in, in six months has gone out the door or in a year. And you can't do that. So excess withdrawals are not just as formulaic 4% versus how much money you've got. You've got to look at your specific situation. And so what we, what we look at, we do, a, we do a, a, an exercise with, with prospective clients. We'll do it with you if you'd like. Uh, and, or with, uh, and it's, we do it with our clients for sure, which is what we call a retirement cash flow plan, RCFP. And the retirement cash flow plan, what we do there is we customize it to you because you have a different cost of living. You have a different source of income from Social Security, depending on whether you worked or not and your age and all of that kind of stuff. You've got different income tax brackets that you're in. You may have real estate income. You may not. You may have uh, you know, somebody, a, a family that's giving you gifts every year or not. There's lots of different things that affect the cash flow. And the amount that you can take out, in our view, is based on how much you have in your investments, but it's also based on how much you need to sustain your cost of living. And the interplay between those two, and then projecting that out over the future, applying an inflation factor to that, looking at what your income taxes are, looking at uh, the potential for healthcare risks, which is a different risk we'll talk about on on another show, uh, and protecting against that. So there are so many variables that go into calculating what is the amount that you can withdraw comfortably and not run out of money for the rest of your life. Now, of course, it's all a projection always, but at least – having it customized as much as possible to your situation rather than this blanket, you can take 4% or whatever the number is. Now, the other thing that is very important to do is to look at what, if in fact the amount that you need to sustain your lifestyle during your retirement is more than what your investments can support. You know, maybe your investments cannot support a 4% given other factors. Then we have to adjust to that. And so having an adjustment mechanism, having – it's a dynamic environment, right? And so you have to be dynamic as well. The, the example that I like to use is that, you know, bow and arrow, that arrow has all the information it's ever going to have at the point when you release the arrow. So you're aiming at the target, and you pull the bow back, 
And when you let go of that arrow, all the information that arrow's ever going to get is at that point of release. Now, what happens if a wind gust comes along before it gets to the target? Or what happens if somebody moves the target? It's going to miss, right? Because the information it has now is not adjusting to what's changed. So your retirement can't be an arrow. It's got to be a guided missile. And that missile has to be searching all the time for that target and adjusting to it. And that target is you don't run out of money for the rest of your life. That's our target. That's the game we play. So how do you do that? Well, it's an exercise. And I'd like to invite you to do it with us. We'd love to do it with you and uh, have some fun doing that and building your retirement cash flow plan. We call it an RCFP. So if you go to our website, it's uh, uh, rpoa.com. I was about to say retirementplannersofamerica.com, but that works. But if you don't want to write all that out, just use the acronym. It's rpoa.com. And uh, when you're there, click on meet with an advisor. And uh, what we'll do is we'll schedule a time either virtually or in person to sit down with you. Um, it's going to be work. We're going to ask you to roll up your sleeves. You're going to have to bring with you your tax returns. You're going to have to bring with you your social security statements. You're going to have to bring with you your cost of living. You're actually going to have to figure out what you spend all the time and what you're going to spend when you're retired. We're going to put you through it. But you know what? It's going to be a fun exercise. We're going to do it together. We're going to guide you through it. And the end result will give you an idea. Now, obviously, as I said, it's a guided missile. So what we have today may not be what it'll be in the future, but the important thing is updating the RCFP periodically so that it always keeps up with what's going on in your life, what go, what's going on in the markets, what's going on with inflation, with taxes, all that kind of stuff. So it's an ongoing exercise and it's fun. It really is. I love doing it and you'll love the process. I've had many people who have gone through it, uh, you know, have said that it was a worthy exercise. Now, if you go through it and uh, you decide you want to work with us, that's fantastic. And if you decide you don't, that's fine too. You've still got the RCFP. All right. So go to our website. It's rpoa.com and click on meet with an advisor and we'll look forward to visiting with you and uh, making friends. Okay. So, uh, do that, and uh, hopefully it'll help you. All right, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about strategy number 17 to maximize your Social Security benefits. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morave. And we are back. This is Money Matters with Ken Morave, And, of course, I am your host, Ken Morave. Thank you, Jack. And I am Senior Retirement Planner and Founder of Retirement Planners of America. And uh, we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And if that is you, then this show is designed for you. Our firm is designed for you. We work with over 6,000 beautiful, wonderful families across the country. And, uh, you know, many studies have shown that uh, there are the two happiest moments in your life are, or, or periods, decades of your life, are when you're in your 20s and also when you're in your early 60s. Why? Well, because in both cases, you have no parental supervision. Wow! <laughs> and so what we want is uh, your second childhood without parental supervision is what we call your retirement. We want you to enjoy it, have fun, and be a kid again, and not worry about your finances. And that's what we're all about. Our website is rpoa.com. And if you go there, you can attend our virtual seminars. We have one right now that's uh, on retirement planning during uncertain times. I think appropriately named. We also have a, a, a virtual uh, seminars uh, on Social Security. We have podcasts, videos, articles, all kinds of stuff for you there. So our website is rpoa.com. This segment, uh, I want to talk with you about Social Security, probably the topic that we 
cover the most with prospective clients and existing clients. It is a major, major part of your retirement planning for sure. And so we want to make sure that uh, you do it properly to the extent that we can. So this segment is devoted to that. So this week, what I want to tell and by the way, if, uh, a lot of the stuff that I use to, to do this segment is generated by you, simply by sending me your questions, and uh, I'll endeavor to answer them. So here's a question. If my wife takes her retirement benefit before she's 66, does that reduce her eventual survivor benefit? Okay, so this is a question about in the event that the husband were to die, if wife takes her Social Security before age 66, uh, does that reduce the amount she'll get if he died first in the survivor benefit? The answer is no. Okay, when she switches to her survivor benefit, she'll start receiving the amount you were receiving and her own benefit will go away. So this is why one of the most important aspects of coordinating your spousal benefits is to ensure the highest survivor benefit. Okay, so it's not just the highest amount that you're going to get from Social Security while you're living. We also want to take into account what will happen to your spouse upon your death if you died first and maximizing what your spouse will get. So the way to do this under normal circumstances is to have the high earner uh, delay their benefits until age 70. But that's not always the case. Okay, so if both the husband and the wife live well into their 80s or 90s, then you'll end up more with more total benefit if, the, if your wife, in this example, does not take a reduced benefit. Okay, because if you're both going to live a long time, then there won't be a survivor benefit for a long time, and it would have been better for her to wait a little bit to get a higher benefit. So the answer is, how long are you going to live? <laughs> if you can tell me that one, I can solve it for you. So we want to look at your genetics and your health. All right. Fascinating. And uh, very logical, Mr. Spock, as well. Uh, okay, so here's another question. When a person collecting Social Security benefits passes away, when do the payments stop? Is the last payment prorated as of the death, or the date of death, or paid that last month and all that kind of stuff? All right, that's a good question. So here's the answer. A deceased person is not entitled to a benefit for the month in which they die. Okay, so if they die late in the month, the check may have already been deposited to your bank or sent to you. If that's the case, you have to return it. The problem is you're dead. So how are you going to do that? But anyway, that's a different story. So uh, yeah, so th that, that check has to be returned. Um, and I, th that's actually an interesting question because I wonder how many people actually return them. And what are they going to do? S send the Social Security after you? Uh, <laughs> they do? Jack's looking at Why? You know that? Is that, that happened? You know that? Okay. So yeah, so they're going to send the, the people with the guns to come get you and uh, get that check back from you that you overgot because you're, anyway. So anyway, Social Security is extremely complicated, and there are so many rules, and it all seems to be like a big morass of uh, complications and, and all of that. So what I would recommend to you is that you visit with one of our retirement planners. We train them in Social Security. We certify them every year on their Social Security. We want them to be up to speed not only on the strategies but also the laws because as complicated as the strategies are, they get further complicated when Congress decides to change Social Security laws. And then all of a sudden, and how does that ripple through the whole system and change everything else? And I would say that the average person, I'll tell you, I'm trained in it and I find it difficult. I can't even imagine somebody that isn't trained in it making these kinds of decisions. And the problem is that if you make the wrong decision, you have to live with that for the rest of your life. Okay, And, and even a $100 a month or something like that where you made a mistake and you chose the wrong strategy, that's tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. So doing it right is important.
So here's what I want you to do. Go to our website. It's rpoa.com. And while you're there, we have uh, articles, we have podcasts, we have videos, we have seminars on Social Security. But also you have the ability to visit with one of our retirement planners. And what they'll do is they'll actually build for you a, a, a Social Security strategy for you. Now, we'll do it in the context of the larger picture, okay? Because you can't operate in a vacuum with Social Security. You have to know your, your age, your health, your, your sources of income, your expenses. We have to know all of those factors before we can come up with what's the best strategy on when and how to take Social Security. And we'd love to do that for you. No charge or obligation. Hopefully, you'll benefit from it. But even if you don't, we'll part friends. Everything will be wonderful. Okay, so go to our website. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Well, it certainly is. So if you go to our website, rpoa.com, you can avail yourself of all of that. We'd love to do it for you. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about beware of market bear market rallies. What does that even mean? So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayfe. Pennies from heaven. And, uh, you know... Pennies may come from heaven, but we think that they actually come from good financial planning ideas. And we are back. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayf. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morayf. Thank you, Jack. And I am senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. And... uh When's the last time they made a Tarzan movie? It's been a while. I think we need another Tarzan movie. I should star in it. You know, I'm, I'm looking pretty buff these days. I can wear my little loincloth. Well, maybe not. Anyway, um, so uh, <laughs> this is Money Matters with Ken Murray. Let me get back to the theme. And uh, we're uh, our sh- this show is designed to help you to enjoy what we call your retirement, your second childhood without parental supervision. We have two goals. One of them is we want your money to last as long as you do. And secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind. And in our view, if you have a plan that you have confidence in, then that goes a long way towards the peace of mind thing. And if the plan is properly done, that, then that could go a long way towards having your money last as long as you do. So they kind of go hand in hand. And our firm, Retirement Planners of America, we work with over 6,000 beautiful, wonderful families. And I got to tell you, it is, so, it, it, I can't, it is one of the most wonderful privileges I have that is to help people uh, to the extent that I can to achieve those things, to have the retirement they want, to go play and enjoy it's, it's, it's just wonderful. And uh, if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, our website is rpoa.com. And when you're there, uh, you have all kinds of stuff there. We have virtual seminars. You can uh, watch videos, podcasts. We have lots of stuff there to help you with that. So go there, rpoa.com. One of the uh, things that we believe in is uh, discipline and having a structure behind what you do so that when something happens, it's not, everything doesn't start uh, you know, with your hair on fire and you're panicking and you're running all over the place and, and all kinds of chaos ensues. And our view is that you need to plan ahead for the things that can harm your clients. Okay, we want to, since we want your money to last as long as you do, we got to plan ahead for what are the things that could cause our clients, cause you to run out of money, to not have your money last as long as you do. And the, the three major enemies you have to your financial well-being from our standpoint it are inflation, which we're experiencing right now. And I think a lot of people are, are finding out you know, how much of a risk that is to your retirement, uh, unfortunately. Uh, the other is taxes. Um, and you know, taxes can drain the tub also. 
But we believe because if you invest properly, we think that you can address both the tax and the inflation part. But I think also that having a strategy to address the third, and we believe the biggest worst enemy you have, which is bear markets. And You're that, a persistent cuss, Pilgrim. I am very persistent about that. And so we have our investment principles uh, that, that guide us when terrible things are going on so we can keep our head about us and have practiced this and thought about it in advance. And one of those principles you've heard me say many times, and that is that we're not here to make you rich quick. We're here to keep you from becoming poor. Okay, so that's kind of the, the, the easy way to understand it. But the way we've got it written down is. Growth is important, but protection of principle is even more important. Okay, so getting rich quick, you can do that with Bitcoin or whatever if that's your, your thing. But our goal is to keep you from becoming poor. And so our strategy is to avoid bear markets. And one of the things that happens during bear markets is what are, what are called bear market rallies. Okay, where you have these massive rises and everybody says, okay, it's over. You know, the, the bear market's done. It's time. The sky is blue. The sun's shining and everything's great. And uh, last month felt a lot like that to us, okay? So we talked about in the first segment that inflation is actually a lot worse than what it, they're saying. And the reason why is because it's being measured in a different way. Because in 1981, the way they measured inflation was, was so awful, scared everybody to death. We had a massive you know, bear market and all of that. So they said, well, we can't have people get scared. So we're going to change how we measure inflation so nobody gets scared anymore. And we're going to use we're going to use rental income, you know, instead because it's smoother. People don't, you know, your your rent doesn't go up, uh, you know, because you have a one year lease. So, you know, it smooths it out. Well, if we use the way they measured inflation before, we'd be at twelve to fourteen percent inflation today. So they're masking it, and we think it's a lot worse than it looks. So. If you look at history, hopefully, you know, it can help you to address the future. It doesn't guarantee it, but you know, I've been practicing long enough that I went through several really bad bear markets, notably Y2K. In Y2K, we had a period between September of uh, 2001 and uh, March of 2002. So what is that? Three and, uh, and four is almost six months of uh, a, a rise in the market of about 20%. So it felt like the bear market of Y2K was over. I mean, the market's been running since last September. We're in March of this year. It's been five, six months. It's been going up. It's over with. Wrong. That was a bear market rally for the, for the, for the ages. It, it fell after that over the next six months by 31%. And the same thing happened in 2008. You know, when our, our strategy said to get out in November of 2007, well, guess what? The market went down after that, sure enough. But then it climbed all the way until May of 2008. And it looked like the bear market was over, but guess what happened? It fell dramatically in uh, October, November, December, January, February, March, and it was a massive downward trend that just wiped out a lot of people's retirements. So these bear market rallies are times when people are so optimistic and hopeful that they grab a hold of any good news and ignore all the bad news. And right now, we think that that's a great possibility. And so our strategy of invest and protect is telling us that right now the downward risk is way more than the upside potential in our view. And therefore, we're counseling our clients to be out of stocks and also out of bonds. Why? Because the Federal Reserve is engaged. In the first segment, I said, don't take the Fed seriously at your own peril. They're going to raise interest rates, kids. There's, a, there's this talk that they're going to lower interest rates soon. Holy cow. Are you premature in that discussion or what? 
Let's look at what's going on now before we start thinking, oh, they're going to lower interest rates. They're not going to lower interest rates. The next In, in September, they're going to raise them. So this, a lot of this talk is, uh, in our view, overly optimistic. So what do you do? Well, again, you don't just react to the wind, which way it's blowing at the time. You have a strategy, and the strategy gives you that discipline, and that discipline gives you peace of mind because, in our view, because what happens then is you have a strategy, you know what you're going to do, and if you know that, then it goes a long way towards peace of mind. And also, one of the reasons why people fail with their investments is they panic, they get greedy, they get scared, they get all optimistic, and they're just swaying with the wind. And that's not a good way to invest in our view. I'm glad we had this talk. Well, I am too, Tom. <laughs> so here's what I want you to do. Go to our website, rpoa.com. We have so many resources available to you there. We have your, the, the uh, seminars that you can attend. We have uh, videos you can watch, articles you can read. So if you like to read stuff, we got it. If you like to watch stuff, we got it. If you like to attend stuff, we got it. You can visit with a real-life person, live or, or virtually. We have all of that available to you to help you to have what we call your second childhood without parental supervision to build a plan to protect your money. And uh, if that is interesting, to you, go there, avail yourself of the resources. We can only help you if you let us help you. So rpoa.com is our website. Okay, so we're going to take a break now. When we come back, we're going to have our estate tip of the week, and this week it's on the risks of joint bank accounts. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. And we are wallowing in champagne. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayf, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morayf. Why, thank you, Jack. You are ever so kind. Uh, And I am Senior Retirement Planner and Founder of Retirement Planners of America. And uh, we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning, which means we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired, retiring soon. And if that is you, then we would love to meet you and see if we can help you. You're about to embark on what we call your second childhood without parental supervision. And uh, we want to help facilitate whatever that means to you. And our website is rpoa.com. You can attend our virtual seminars. You can watch videos, podcasts. We have articles. We have all kinds of content there. And also, you can visit with one of our retirement planners, either in person or virtually. We, we have so many resources. We'd love to help you. Um, and our website, again, is rpoa.com. Now, you know, one of the things that uh, many of our clients are very interested in, and it's part of what we do, is to help to figure out how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor, also known as estate planning. Now, we're not lawyers. We don't, uh, we don't do uh, the, the actual legal work, but we help you to think through what you know, might be an, a, a direction that you want to go in and then uh, help you to kind of crystallize all of that. So that's what this segment is all about, where we have our estate tip of the week. Now, this week, our estate tip is going to be on the risks of joint bank accounts because many people think that, you know, if, if – and it's part of estate planning from the standpoint of, you know, something that if you can't do it for yourself, you have somebody else do it. And uh, so you may think that having a joint account with your wife or your, your husband, your children or whatever might be a good idea in the event of whatever. Well, there are some risks to that, and I want to go over them with you. But before we do that, Jack, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you care. My pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire And 
of course, that is Tony Bennett with rags to riches. And you know, the estate taxes and probate, and all that kind of stuff. It's actually designed to do the exact opposite. It's designed to take you from riches to rags. And we do not want that to happen to you. So every week at this time, we have our estate tip of the week. And this week, as I said, it's about the risks of joint bank accounts. So let's talk about what kinds of joint bank accounts there are. There's two kinds. One is called joint tenants with rights of survivorship, and the other one is uh, called tenants in common. In both cases, what they essentially are designed to do is that if I die or if I become incapacitated, I have somebody else that can take over you know, as seamlessly as possible to take over the, the, those accounts. Well, some of the risks with having your joint account with and, – and you can do this with anyone in the world – you can have a joint account with anybody in the world that you want, including me if you'd like, but actually I'd turn you down. Conflict of interest. <laughs> but once you have that joint bank account, once you sign the papers, remember, both of you have 100% rights to that account. So that, therefore, brings a lot of risk into the picture because in the eyes of the law, you are now equal holders. Okay? So if you ha that, that, that co-owner enjoys the right to spend the money transfer funds, and they don't need your consent of any of the other joint owners. Okay, so that's the risk you have. So the other thing that happens is that when you have rights of survivorship, what it, it also gives a joint account rights of survivorship. So that person in the event of your death can take over that account. So now they have rights that maybe you don't want them to have. Okay, you have one child that takes over the whole thing and you have multiple children, for example. Okay, so in most cases, a joint account holder's rights to the funds supersede your will. So if you named somebody as your joint owner of that account, and, and, and let's say it's your daughter, but your will says, I'm leaving everything to everybody equally, your daughter gets that account. Everybody else is not going to have access to it. She got it. Okay, so be careful of that. The other thing that it can do is it can trigger taxes. Okay, when you put money into an account, it isn't necessarily a gift. But if that person takes the money out of the account in excess of the annual limit, which this year it's 15000 then that would be treated as a gift. So let's say you have a joint account again with your son, and your son doesn't take any money out, then that's fine. But the moment your son does, if he exceeds $15,000, that's a gift from you to him. And therefore, you have to file a gift tax return and potentially pay, pay some gift taxes. So you need to be careful about that. The other thing also is that they could – draw money out and you have overdraft charges you may have debt collection that comes after that money because your son or whoever you have the joint account with uh they could put liens on the account the judgments they could get divorced and have access to the money so there's all kinds of reasons why you do not want to have somebody be a joint account so what do you do well in our view you only put enough money into that account to cover whatever it is that you want that money to be there for so you don't have them have access to your entire everything. You have enough to cover you know, whatever it is they're going to need, but not more than that. So there's some planning involved in figuring out who you should have a, a joint account with and which accounts those should be and how much money should be in those accounts to cover the problem you're trying to solve. Okay, That's all planning, and that's what we love to do. It's what we do. <laughs> Retirement Planners of America is our name. To hear you say that makes me love you, baby. Yeah, exactly. Planning is our middle name. <laughs> so here's what I want you to do. Go to our website. It's rpoa.com. 
And, uh, you know, I joke around about, uh, you, you know, leaving to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs. Most of our clients love their kids. I wouldn't say all of them. Uh, and you want to leave as much as you can in the proper way. And that estate planning also is, is an act of love, I believe. And so we want to help you with that in the context of your entire retirement plan. Okay. We have some clients that want to leave everything to their kids and we explain that, well, hold on. If you do all that, then it's going to impact your ability to, to, to cover your cost of living properly. And then they go, oh, okay, well then uh, maybe we won't do that. Okay. So there's an interplay which, between how much you need and how much you're going to leave to your family. And we want to help you to do that. So if you go to our website, rpoa.com, you can click on meet with an advisor and uh, we'll sit down with you virtually or in person. We'll build the re retirement cash flow plan that I mentioned, the RCFP with you. We'll look at where you'll be in the future, make some projections there, look at how much you're going to leave to the aforementioned greedy unwashed and help you to do your estate planning as well. So it's all there for you. All you have to do is go to rpoa.com and uh, click on something and hopefully it'll help you. Oh dear, that's too wonderful to be true. Well, Dorothy, it's not too wonderful to be true because it is true. So, all right, we're going to wrap it up. This show's gone by so fast. I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed making it for you. We'll see you next week, same time, same channel. Bye-bye, everybody. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned. None of this show's content should be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Sound effects or anecdotes should not be construed as an endorsement of Ken Murray or MMWKM Advisors LLC. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.